Coming up next on Contemplate. If people are going to dislike the church, if people are going to look at Acts Church anyway, this is all we can be responsible for, if they're going to look at Acts Church and they're going to say something negative about it, it better be that they don't like it because they don't want to submit to Christ. It better not be that they don't like it because there's a bunch of hypocrites or people who are half-hearted or lukewarm, and why would I want to be a part of that? All of life is a series of choices, every day to do this or that, but the one choice we have to get right is our choice about Jesus. Here's Pastor David. Paul's preaching this message that the kingdom of God is at hand, and you better get on the right side of that. And people, some say, absolutely. Some say, I desire that, and some people hate it. Those who realize that we are actually quite terrible at controlling our own lives um, and, and finding our own ways to do things, those who, who recognize that serving God who created us and who has shown his love for us while we were totally rebellious to him in dying for us, that that is not a bad thing, that the one who created us is probably the right one to rule us. Those who realize that, they desire God. They desire to do that. But there are only two kingdoms, really, that people mostly follow. That's one of them. The other is my kingdom, right? Not me specifically, but each, each, each person, right? I sit on the throne of my life. I decide what I want to do. No one's going to tell me what to do. Of course, it's a complete illusion. You're not on the throne in that kingdom. You're, you're in someone else's kingdom. That's the kingdom of Satan. There is no you being a king. You weren't made for that purpose. You are made to rule yourself. You are made to love and serve God. And if you won't do that, there's only one other guy in the running, no matter how much you think it's you that sits on that throne. But the people who want to, and I have definitely been that person in a way worse than I would imagine most, they don't want to give that rule up for anything, for anything, right? I will not abdicate my throne. I want to be in charge. But God's kingdom requires us to give up that self-delusion that we can rule ourselves and to enter into his kingdom with its culture and its values of submission and humility and love and joy and peace. But if the church is supposed to send that message, but we know that for some it causes them to be drawn and for some it causes them to smell the stench of death, I think sometimes we have this tendency to take a compromise. Take a compromise and give some mixture of the two. Yes, God is the king, but if you just want to still sit a little bit on your throne, if that'll keep you coming... If that'll make you like me, if that'll make you think nice things about me, then, then you can have Jesus and, and have your throne, right? You can have them both. You can have them both. If we're so worried that people aren't going to like us, that we compromise and allow people to believe that they can have all the benefits of knowing Jesus and keep all the benefits of self-rule, we are lying. That is not the knowledge of Christ. And the reason that people buy into it is because it's not Christ. And so the aroma isn't sending them away. It's not sending them away. Because what you're really telling them is you can have both, but that's not 
entering the kingdom of God. You're still in your kingdom in that case. But we're afraid, I think some of us, maybe not all of us, are afraid of becoming the aroma of death to anyone because we fear people and we fear their opinions of us and we want them to like us. And there's nothing wrong with desiring relationship, but we have a really hard time not being liked. Now let me confess a little. I believe that sometimes I care more what the people say in my neighborhood or the people around me think of me than I care whether they know Christ. I think it happens. I think there are times where the only thing I'm really, and I don't think about it that way, right? None of us think about it that way. But we do think, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to, I don't want to put out the strong scent here of Christ because I know Maybe this person won't like me. Maybe that person won't like me. Maybe this person will think something negative about me. And I would rather not have that happen. And so I either won't talk about Christ at all or I will talk about Christ in such a way that it leaves room for people to think that they can have him and be in charge of their own lives. Because that's what people like and they don't get as upset about that. Sometimes I can be so scared of becoming a bad aroma in someone else's nose that I avoid bringing the knowledge of Jesus Christ so I can smell good still. Some people say you can't smell your own B.O. I can tell you for sure that's not true. <clears throat> Those of you who are going to Honduras, um, you will find out that we can all smell my B.O. Me too. Um, but let's assume that it was true. You couldn't smell the, your own body odor. And let's say you were in high school. And, and you get home and one of your buddies comes up to you and tells you, hey man, you couldn't smell your own B.O., but you're around all the, all the kids and whatever, and you reeked, and you didn't even realize it, and everybody doesn't want to be around you anymore because you smelled so bad. For me, I would have been horrified by that. I would have been horrified because I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to have friends, to think that I was sitting there reeking, and I didn't even know it. How embarrassing would that be? right? I don't want people to think that I stink. But when it comes to following Jesus Christ, when it comes to looking like the church, when it comes to having the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that's not a choice that we have to smell good to everybody. We don't get to. If you're truly following Jesus Christ and diffusing like that essential oil diffuser. If you're diffusing the aroma of the knowledge of Christ, there will be a reaction. And there are going to be people who dislike you. Who dislike you. Because they dislike Christ. Because it's him that they smell on you. There are also going to be people who like you. People who are drawn to you. Who are drawn to Christ in you. And who are on their way to being saved. Right? So some people are going to want to be around you, and some people are not. Okay? Call to change causes conflict. Call to change causes conflict. And the call to follow Christ is a call to change. If the church is present and there's no conflict present, then there's no call to Christ because there's no call to change, because there's no conflict. 
We have to be honest and ask ourselves, are we allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he did through Paul and through Barnabas and through so many over so many years throughout the history of the church? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to cause a reaction around us? Are we allowing him to cause conflict? Are we putting people in crisis, recognizing, hey, there's only one way to God. There's one door. It's Jesus Christ. There's one kingdom, and you enter it through tribulation. Or are we saying something a little softer? Because if we see no reaction, no conflict, no reaction around us, this is what the church looks like in Acts. This is what the church that's full of the Holy Spirit looks like, reaction and conflict among those who are going to death. If we don't see that, if the people who aren't coming to Christ also are fine with us, we're not a church like this church. There's something about what we're doing, what we're saying, what we're not saying that doesn't look like the church. This is what Jesus said. If the world hates you, this is John 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. If we are his, what does he say? The world will hate us. Which means we can't have everybody love us. We can't toe the line there. Those who are his, they'll love us. We'll love each other. Those who are in Christ, we're gonna, you're going to have lots of love. But there are going to be those who hate you and hate the church. If we're constantly pressing into Jesus, constantly pushing deeper into Christ, consistently learning what it means to be his church, we should consistently start looking like the church. We can't compromise in order to try and smell better to the world. It's an exercise in futility, and it will make us impotent and futile. You can't put deodorant on the gospel. It takes out the effectiveness. I asked early on, are you more concerned about being liked or at least not disliked? Or are you more concerned that people get the knowledge of Christ, that you're diffusing the aroma of Christ, which is more important to you. And most of us probably say, well, of course I care more about people getting the knowledge of Christ. And I ask again, as I did then, is that what our life looks like? Does our church look enough like that? Because as soon as we throw a little deodorant, a little perfume over the aroma of Christ, we become much less effective. That's no longer the knowledge of Christ that's being diffused, but some hybrid. And there is no hybrid in holiness. Jesus Christ and his message is the truth, and it cannot be adulterated and made to fit what the world wants. In Revelation, there are several letters to the churches. One church is a church at Laodicea. In Revelation 3, okay, starting at verse 14, and this is what Jesus says. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, 
These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither hot, neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich, I have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The church at Laodicea was lukewarm. It wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. The aroma of Christ can't be diffused if we're not hot, if we're not on fire, it isn't going to be diffused. It'd be better that we were cold and just didn't have a church than that the church would be lukewarm and rich and have no concerns, but really to be wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked, which is the true state of our souls if we become lukewarm. That is a true state of our souls if we become lukewarm. If Jesus is, well, here's the thing. He's a good teacher, and yet it's my thing, but maybe it's not your thing, and that's okay, and we can all sort of do our thing, or maybe you want to just kind of come to church occasionally and do that thing, but you can still do this thing, and we tell people that that's okay, that's lukewarm. That's lukewarm. If you allow people to believe that you can follow Christ and sit on your own throne, that's lukewarm. Well, they like it. Yes, they do. That's the problem. That's the problem. There should be people who don't like it. There should be people who were in crisis, in conflict, who hate you. I know it's not fun. I don't want to be hated any more than you do. Although I probably, you know, am a lot by some people, but and not for Jesus' sake, for my own that I've, things that I've done. But no one likes to be disliked. No one likes to smell bad. But you've got to not mind smelling bad to those going to death because of how good you smell to those coming to life. You've got to be willing to make a choice. Don't be lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, man, every single thing that comes around, and, and I've seen it over a lifetime of evangelical Christianity, where there's all kinds of things that come and go and we jump on bandwagons here and bandwagons there and we don't study the scripture and we don't know the mind of Christ because we become lukewarm and we become lukewarm. This becomes a cultural thing. This becomes something we do to come and be with our buddies. And then any wind of change can take us one way or the other way. The only way to know that you're at the heart of Christ and the mind of Christ is you've got to be hot. And when you're hot, boy, that aroma is going to diffuse. You know what smells are like when it gets hot, right? They're going to diffuse, good and bad. You're going to smell like cookies to some and like something else to others, right? You've got to be willing to live with that because Paul's telling us it's through many tribulations that we enter the kingdom of God. You want to be a servant of the king? You want to submit yourself to the king? then what you're going to be saying is, this is what life looks like. I'm submitted to Christ. I'm completely and totally his. I lay my life down for him. And the person next to you, if they don't want to do that and they want to sit on their own throne, they're going to despise you. They're not just going to make fun of you. They're going to hate you. Because first of all, we know from other passages in Scripture, Romans 1 and so on, that they know that there's a God. 
We know that they know in their heart that the truth is that what you're doing is the right thing, and it makes them all the matter, all the more upset, because your life in Christ puts them in crisis, puts them in crisis. We will not get the first part, the aroma of life leading to life for people, unless we're willing to risk and accept the second part, the aroma of death leading to death. And one way to, to judge the effectiveness of our lives in Christ, one way to judge the effectiveness of the church is, does it look like this? Does it look like what we're reading here? Or does it look like something else? Are there people who hate us? Not because we did something, but because of the smell of Christ, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ. If not, we better get busy about making sure that we are not compromising and becoming lukewarm on the message of Christ. Yes, acceptance is there for all. Who will submit to him? Love and grace and peace and joy and untold wonder are there for everyone who will submit to him, but they are not there for those who will not. In fact, only wrath and judgment is stored up for those. If we allow people to believe something different, we're lukewarm, we're wretched, poor, naked, miserable, blind, and all the rest of it. We can't be that. If Jesus is not worth facing this for us, if, he's, if, it's not, if Jesus is not worth us having some people not like us, if Jesus is not worth us facing many tribulations, why would we expect anyone else to follow him if we're saying with our lives that he's not worth doing something difficult for? How are you going to be drawn to that? What, what draws people to stuff? It's when we can see that somebody is going all out for it. It must be pretty special. If Jesus is something we do for an hour and a half on Sunday, get our Jesus in, and then go jump back on our own throne, that's not going to draw anybody or repel anybody. They're just going to be like, nah, it's like everybody else. That's not who we are. That's not who we can be. Listen, I am humbled to be in your lives. You are God's incredible, special creations. He's blessed me beyond measure in that I get to stand here and teach the word to you, that I get to be with you, that I get to serve alongside you. It's an amazing thing. Christ church is an amazing thing, and you are amazing people. And I hope you know that that's what I think. It's amazing. It's incredible. You, you are so amazing. And it is the, the honor and blessing of my life to be able to serve you and to be with you and to love you. But man, we got to be the church. We got to be the church that looks like this, not the one that looks like maybe this thing that we in the United States have sort of started to build up, started to have been building up for a long time. We can't be the thing. If people are going to dislike the church if people are going to look at Acts Church anyway, this is all we can be responsible for. If they're going to look at Acts Church and they're going to say something negative about it, 
It better be that they don't like it because they don't want to submit to Christ. It better not be that they don't like it because there's a bunch of hypocrites or people who are half-hearted or lukewarm, and why would I want to be a part of that? Because my guess is, is that if this letter is being written to the Laodiceans and we're in that age, that there are many places where people are gathering today that people look at and they don't think one thing or the other. They're not drawn to it. They're not repelled from it. They don't think anything of it because there's so much dang deodorant on that church. It doesn't smell like anything. Well, I want to smell like life and like death. That's what I want. That's what you should want. That's what the church wants, right? I love you. I love us. I love us. You're special to me and to God. I love Jesus, and I do not want to stand before him. I do not want to stand before him and hear him say that there were people in my path, in my life, people that were drawn to this church that never got the aroma of him because we were too afraid to smell bad. Or I was too afraid to smell bad. I can't stand, I can't, I can't stand under that. If I had to come before Jesus when the time for rewards comes, and some of my, my works, the things that, that, that I'm doing, the, 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 what I'm giving, what I'm giving of myself to him burns up because it didn't smell like Christ. That's a tragedy. I don't want that for us. And so as we continue, as the elders continue um, to, to lead this church and to think about what's it going to look like, What's it going to look like? How do we keep pressing in this direction? How do we put people to a point of crisis? Some of you may not like any of this. You know, I don't know. What does it smell like to you? I hope it smells like life. I hope it smells like life. Because that's what Christ is. That's who he is. He's life. So let's smell right. Let's be diffusing the odor of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's not temper it. Let's not compromise it. Let's not pretend it's something else. Let's do it at all times in love, in joy, in peace, in effectiveness. I'm not saying be difficult to people so that they'll dislike you. Hey, see, those people dislike me. That's because you're a jerk. No, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? And look, these people really love me. Well, that's because you gave them money or whatever. That's not, that's not how you decide, you do what you do in Christ in love and joy, and you see that for no reason other than that the odor of Christ is on it, that there are some who are drawn and that there are some who are repelled. And I want to see that because it means the Holy Spirit is at work in our church. And, and he is, by the way. I see the work of the Holy Spirit all the time in our church. Good news is there are many great things happening at this church. I don't think we're the church of Laodicea, but I don't ever want to become that either. And so we got to be vigilant. Vigilant. So where are you in all this? Do you love Jesus and his life or hate all of it? Are you living flat out for him or kind of lukewarm? Whatever the case, we want to help. And if you have questions, please call us at 360-885-9000. You can send us an email Use info at axchurchnw.org. Better yet, come see us this Sunday morning. Get all the info you need at axchurchnw.org. Hope to meet you this Sunday. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode 
For more with Pastor David Robinson, here on Contemplate.